0: I just uh, wanted to uh, stop for a few moments and uh, share with you from um, God's Word, really. As Ethan reminded us, as a church, we are reading through the Bible together, and we've decided to read it through for the next two years. I think we've done well, four months, so we've got uh, another 20 months to go. We've gone through some tough books and some some good books and now we're reading through the book of Numbers and the way it's working out is that we dwell on a particular um, portion of that scripture through the week and then the Sunday uh, we are revolving so children and young people and adults revolve of the stuff that we've been reading so there is, um, children are doing some themes about um, God's blessing because they've been reading from Numbers chapter 6. Um, the youth are one week behind, they're doing Romans 13 because we've just finished the book of Romans. But we are now in the book of Numbers and uh, this, this is great, it's worked very well, um, we've had some good um, interaction with scripture and it's good that we can get the whole counsel of God. so preaching from the book of numbers in a dedication service is quite weird but uh, I cannot set the precedent that I can change it so I, I need to to find a way to bring what we learn from numbers and uh, themes that we've been grappling with and then bring it into our midst so what we've got with the, the first five books, we've got the, the kind of the calling of the people of Israel, the setting apart. And not only that, but it's, it's people who have been in slavery, people who have been in dis, desperate situations under the Egyptian rule. Now God has promised them that he was going to take them out of there to the promised land, so they can worship him. And that's what happens, really, with the five books. It's, it's a summary of the those events. And some of those are very good going and pleasant. Some of those are really uncomfortable. But that's the whole wisdom of the word of God. So, we are in the book of Numbers. We've got this this nation, which is basically camping at the foot of mount sinai the people have received god's law they're preparing to to move so there are people on the move and they've got this clear instructions that that the way that they are reminded of god's presence with them is for them to build this big tent which is called the tabernacle. When we did the Leviticus, I stopped a little bit and we we talked a little bit about the the tabernacle. And I wanted to bring some of the parallels of that today as well, because again, we're still in the Pentateuch, we're still in the Old Testament. So, the book of Numbers starts with this tenth actually, which is quite mobile. It's on the move because the people of God Are on the move. They're moving from wherever they are in Sinai towards the promised land. So it's quite on the move and everybody has got their own roles, they've got their own locations and they've got their own tasks when it comes to moving the tent, moving from one place to another. And It's very interesting that when you start reading the book of Numbers, the setup is very clear. It's very orderly. I know somebody asked me two weeks ago, saying, how did they cope with so many people? And the the infrastructure and the organizing of it, of organizing thousands and thousands of people, must have been amazing, must have been so elaborate, so detailed, but still... They were very, very ordered at this stage of the book of Numbers, the beginning. So, on the east side, you had three tribes. On the south side, you had another three tribes. Then on the west, you had another three tribes. And then on the north, another three tribes. And all those four parts of this rectangle, they were represented by Levites who were allocated to, to serve God. And also on the, on the north side, on the east side, you had Aaron and the priests that were, had access to do the sacrifice, the sacrificial system. So, the whole picture was very, very visual. People could see what was going on. And the whole camp was with this tent of the meeting in the middle. So my first take this morning is that actually to have this big huge tent with the presence of God in the middle of the camp was a great physical, very tangible reminder of God's Faithfulness. We sang about God's faithfulness. And the reason why God wanted that group of people to be with them is so they could worship Him, so they could know Him. So, what does God do? He pitches His tabernacle in the middle of His people. Funny I should say that because there is another story. In the New Testament about somebody else who pitches his tabernacle among his people. The Gospel of John starts with the story that in the beginning there was the word and the word was with God and the the word was God. And this word became flesh and pitched his tabernacle amongst us. Why? Because Jesus wanted us, wants us, to know God. This great physical reminder, the tabernacle in the center of life. So actually, you are reminded of God's faithfulness. Can you imagine thousands and thousands of people with the daily life challenges? Coming and seeing across the campsites that they've got this physical tent to remind them that God is faithful. That God is faithful when as an individual you're going through illness. That God is faithful as an individual or as a family unit when you're going through financial difficulties. That God is faithful and, and is there when you're struggling with mental health. That God is faithful when parenting is so difficult. That God is faithful when society doesn't know what to do and is in a big confusion. And yet, the tabernacle, the presence of God in the middle of his people. God preaches his temple. Amongst them to show his presence and his power and that desire that they can know him. They can know his power. So, (laughs) it's a great place to remember God's faithfulness. This week, I've been reminded of the phrase, I forgot to remember because I do it so often I forgot to remember because forgetting is such a human thing it's a daily thing and it's not just forgetting the chores or forgetting something but sometimes is is forgetfulness it's comfortable because we don't want to cope with a challenge of of even being in God's presence and it's there bang on in the middle of God's people God's faithfulness what are you going to do about it how are you going to to buffer against it how are you going to align against it I don't say this very lightly because I come from a country Where actually the dictator was very brave enough to say that there is no God in this land. There is no acknowledgement of God. The whole youth and the whole uh, clever people of, of that time thought that the only way to do this is let's go and destroy all the places of worship. We don't need God. We don't need that relationship. And what's a privilege and and blessing for Jesse to be growing up with Christian parents who want him to know God, who want him to get closer to Jesus. This reminder that God is faithful. Come and know God in his faithfulness, whatever you're struggling with, and trust him to intervene in those. The other thing that I'm reminded as I read the book of Numbers is that, actually, not only was that source of of refreshing memory, but also was that source of hope. It was, why? Because this was not the same experience as the Egyptians. The Egyptians had the king in the center of that camp. And all they wanted to do is, hey, whatever the king said, whatever that relation, it it was so around the king. And now, the living God is living in the middle of his people. What hope! And I wish that in the book of Numbers, we get a different story that people take that on board and live their lives according to that hope that God is in the middle, but they don't. But we're not here to judge the people of Israel, what they did and they do. We're here to say, how are we going to respond to that then? If we've got this example of what not to do, then what can we do? How do we embrace hope How do we embrace encouragement? Because God wants to be amongst his people. He wants us to know him. He wants from the youngest to the oldest to know him. That's his longing. Source of encouragement. Why did he set them free from Egypt? So that they can go and worship him. And you and I have got the same opportunity, the same offer, the same invitation. Especially as we've got it much better than the Old Testament uh, guys. We've got the Lord Jesus, who's done much more than just the tent. He's gone the extra mile. He's died on the cross. He's resurrected. He wants you to have that hope in him so that you can worship him But there is another thing and this is my last bit It's not about refresh not only about refreshing memories it's not about igniting hope also it's about progress as i said this tent was movable where were they going the people of israel were going to the promised land what does he say about god that god is going to stick because he keeps his promises what is the response well you you, you progress you you move on you move forward with God's beat. Why? Because this movable tent who we've got now in Jesus who is tabernacled amongst us is a source of blessing. We sang, well, no, we didn't sing. We were supposed to sing the blessing, weren't we? We can sing it in the end. It's okay. But it's that blessing of the numbers. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. Amen. This is God's heart for his people. This is God's heart for his creation to bless. So, when we come to this story of numbers... We can learn from them what not to do. But what are you going to do today? What am I going to do today to this invitation to know God? Come and know God. John T. and Abby have said to Jesse today, Jesse, come and know Jesus. I say to you today, come and know Jesus because knowing you Knowing you. Is the best. Jesus. You my all. You the best. You my joy. My righteousness. And I love you Lord. And if you have heard God's voice today. To turn to, him, to him. Don't close your heart. Jesus Loves you. He wants for your memory of his faithfulness to be refreshed today. He wants for your worship and your hope to be ignited today. And he wants you to move forward because his longing and his words over you are words of blessing. What are you going to do about it? I just want for us to take a moment to say, what are we going to do to God's invitation today? Reminded of His presence, of His promise, and of His blessing.